reaching up, reaching over, and reaching out. We are New Life Christian Fellowship. For service times, articles, or recordings of our weekly messages, please visit us online at www.nlcfchurch.org. Well, good morning. I'm, I'm privileged to come and stand before you again um, with the plan to say something on God's behalf. I'm always astounded that, um, that we can do that. God has called us to be ready in its season and out of season to give reason why we have hope. And, uh, and for some of us, that includes standing in front of the church and uh, make an effort. Open my mouth. God, what do you want me to say? Um, on the way here, uh, one of the ways that I connect uh, well, I think, with God is through worship. And uh, on the way here, Paul uh, Malasha's song, Hosanna, came up, and, uh, and I kind of regret not having my, my little 94 Sunbird with the stereo system I had in it when I was a teenager, because, uh, yeah, that would have been great. I made the best of it. Praise is rising. Eyes are turning to you. We turn to you. Hope is stirring. Hearts are yearning for you. We long for you. Because when we see you, we find strength to face the day. In your presence, all our fears are washed away. Hosanna, Hosanna. You are the God who saves us, worthy of all our praises. Hosanna, Hosanna, come have your way among us. We welcome you here, Lord Jesus. I just thought that was a great way to start a message. <laughs> and God gave me that on the way here, so I'm very thankful um, for when he speaks in my response, I'm trying to, to make my response more and more often, Lord, your servant is listening. And uh, God's got some work to do, as do I. <laughs> Would you praise me as, as we open? Our loving Heavenly Father, thank you for that reminder of caring for us, of uh, your longing to be closer to us, um, and that you've got this. God, we're not sure about the future of New Life Christian Fellowship, and yet we know that you do. And so we trust you as the church continues to pray that you would bring somebody to lead. Would you continue to pour into the leaders that are here? And God, those that are listening and, and taking part in this prayer know who you're talking to. And so God, would you encourage those that are here that you've gifted um, so mightily with gifts and abilities to help serve. And so we're going to dive in, God, this morning. Would you open our ears and our hearts to have, uh, yeah, to have your way among us. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for allowing me to come again uh, this morning to make an effort to encourage us from God's Word. Last time I was here, I brought a treasure box as a visual. I didn't bring anything this time, except for my shorts, I guess. Uh, and I'm reminded of uh, 
I guess actually my mom would make an issue of someone wearing a jacket and shorts. It just She found that so hard to appreciate. And Vonik and shorts. Volatot. So most of us, I think, understood that. But uh, yeah, that was certain things dress code wise. Things have changed. And uh, there's a part of me that's very thankful for that. And yet to come sort of kind of dressed up on top is maybe, maybe my effort this morning. So to have something buttoned up. Treasurer. And so I think, again, I wanted to just remind us of uh, sort of the heart condition and the attitude that often is needed for us to, to really listen in and, and, and press into what God has. Um, again, this reminder of treating our faith, um, the salvation that we have through Christ like a treasure, someone that finds a treasure and will do everything uh, they have to attain that and to, and to keep that, and, and then to share that as well. The other thing that I left you with um, was a line that I repeated a few times, and, and it goes like this, we don't have to, we get to. And, and again, there's this heart shift that happens when we orient our words like that, because sometimes, sometimes we don't want to, uh, but sometimes remembering that we get to Helps the want to. So has any of you, uh, has anyone ever told you that re- repetition is a good memory tool? Has anyone ever told you that repetition is a good memory tool? Yeah, I won't do that again. <laughs> but I think there's value in that, and God uh, chose to do that with the Israelites as well. Remember, remember, remember. Remember what I did for you. Um, tell the stories, write them down, share them with your children. Um, and, and so I think it's, it's very, very good, especially in light of uncertainty, um, that we remind ourselves of God's faithfulness in the past because guess what? He's going to be faithful going forward. Uh, we can trust him. I'd like to start uh, today by reading again from Ephesians 4, but I'd like to actually back up to verse 1. Uh, because I think there's something pretty important there uh, that sets the sort of the bedrock or the foundation of um, this whole conversation about who gets, who's doing what in any particular church. So let's do that. Let's look at Ephesians chapter 4. And Paul starts by saying he's a prisoner in the Lord. Uh, he urges you to live a life worthy of the calling you've received. Be completely humble and gentle. Be patient, bearing with one another in love. Make every effort to keep the unity of the Spirit through the bond of peace. There is one body and one Spirit, just as you were called to one hope when you were called. One Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father of all, who is over all and through all and in all. But to each one of us, grace has been given as Christ apportioned it. This is why it says, when he ascended on high, he took many captives and gave gifts to his people. What does he ascended mean, except that he also descended to the lower earthly regions? He who descended is the very one who ascended higher than all the heavens in order to fill the whole universe. So that's the passage that comes before what Jimmy read. And like I said, I think it sets the foundation for what's to come. And often when we see that, we have these verses and, and sometimes it's, it, it's helpful to read what comes before and behind so that we don't take it out of context. 
Um, I, think, I think that's very important to remember, not to just uh, use snippets of the Bible. And there's times when that's just fine, and I get the verse of the day through my Bible app, and, and that's good. Um, but I think we, we, do, uh, we do a disservice to God's Word if we just live off of sound bites. And, and we need to have more of a meal uh, with God's Word so that we get filled uh, and are perhaps a little bit closer to the, the truth by taking in more of that passage that we're reading. So sometimes, oh, let me back up here. So in Ephesians 4 verse 1, an all-encompassing instruction from Paul. So he starts by reminding us that he was a prisoner for the sake of the kingdom. Um, and so it's, it's interesting. I think Paul sometimes, and, and there's certain passages where it almost sounds a little bit like he's boasting. And I say that with some hesitancy because maybe he has reason, <laughs> right? Far be it from me, you know, he gets shipwrecked and almost died how many different times. And, you know, when, uh, when he initially gets called, he's blinded and, and the church doesn't initially trust him because he was out there persecuting and killing the, the early church people. So um, it's very interesting. Uh, just this reminder of his dedication and sacrifice for the sake of the gospel. And I think it helps to set... Uh, a level of authority in, in, in him trying to instruct the church, right? And so um, I think it's commendable. Um, um, so what areas of life are covered when it comes to living a life worthy of our calling? And in what area of life does that apply if, our, if the instruction to us is live a life worthy of your calling? What areas of life does that cover? One opinion there. Anybody? What areas of life? All. What, is, what does all mean? Everything, right? I'm not sure how many more words we could throw at it. Um, but it means everything, literally, right? And, and so I think if we remember, and that's what's important, this identity piece that Paul is alluding to is very, very critical, especially when dark times come to remember who we are in Christ because the dark times and the messages often then that come to our minds about how we failed and how um, I could have done more and I didn't pray enough about that. And there's all, sometimes all this doubt that comes and we need to get to that place, back at that place where we, we're reminded of our identity in Christ and what he has done. And that defines who we are. Uh, I don't know if I shared this story um, last time I was here. This young guy who shared how he, how things were going at work, and uh, and his boss wasn't very nice to him. He's an apprentice, and he needs to learn, and he's very honest about that. I, I want to learn, and so he's given instructions to move a truck from here to there. He doesn't quite get the instructions, and he's called an idiot. There's a lot more colorful language, both before and after. Um, but you could tell just how impactful that was to his own identity. I don't know where he's at with the Lord, but um, after that conversation, I didn't really connect with him. Only uh, several weeks later to come back, and, and I had a thought come to mind that I need to tell him 
that, that his boss and those words that are coming at him like fiery arrows, that isn't who he is. And, and so I did that. I just came up to him and I said, uh, you know, last time, I just, actually I just asked him how work was going. So sometimes you'll have that conversation and if you can remember what you talked about, it's a great way to continue that relationship and that conversation. And just asking him how work was and you could tell really nothing has changed. But I said to him, you know what? What your boss is saying about you isn't who you are. I said, you're more than that. And that's all I said. And his eyes got really big and he's like, wow, that's deep. And I said, I know. <laughs> and, uh, and so again, sometimes we need to be reminded of the fact that we, especially as believers, our identity is not how we've fallen short. It's not, you know, how I, I don't know, got a ticket this week and uh, who, whatever your experience has been, that isn't who defines you or how you are defined. Your, your, de your definition of who you are rests in the finished work of Jesus Christ on the cross. And again, it's, sometimes it's hard to apply that in all of life, but it does affect all of life. Um, and it affects how we, we interact with, with those around us. And, uh, and hopefully next time I'm here, I'll have another update uh, from this young man and, and uh, looking for, for more good news. But I think as Paul, if we get back to our passage here, Paul talks us and, and reminds us of living a life worthy of our calling, and it's, it's a setup for what's to come. Sometimes in our, our reading of the scriptures, we can miss some of these key setups. Um, I, feel, I feel Paul is setting up the hearer or the reader of this word um, to have the best possible chance of grasping what he's saying. And in this case, he's starting with an instruction that sets up what's to come. Verse 2 sounds a lot like another writing of Paul's where he lists the fruits of the Spirit, right? So if we look at verse 2, be completely humble, gentle, patient, and bearing with one another uh, in love. That sounds a lot like the fruit of the Spirit. Um, character qualities that should be typical of the Christ follower. How are you doing in the fruit of the Spirit? Yeah, I'm not going to stay silent too long, but sometimes silent has its place, just like repetition, right? Yeah, and so it's good to be honest with God uh, and to confess, to repent. Um, all these things, these disciplines that make for character building. And, uh, and so, and the grace that again, God extends to us, because I don't know about you, but I have to keep coming back to God and asking for more help with being patient. One of the biggest challenges I find um, is to be an encourager in my own family. I have to confess, it comes quite easily to me at baseball, uh, in the gym, wherever. I'm, I'm actually quite good at that, pointing out these different things and encouraging it's weird how that doesn't come as easy at home. How are you doing with that? Um, I suspect if I'm struggling with it, maybe you do too. I don't know. Um, I hope you're doing better than I am. Um, but it's weird because it's, I think it's a multiple, multi, uh, 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 maybe a, 
what's the right word, um, a compilation of things. Um, sometimes I think we've bought into, um, you know, this whole notion of what it means to be a man and not showing emotion, not admitting you're wrong. Uh, we have a bit of a background of that. Um, and I grew up in a home where, I'm very thankful for my home, uh, right? But I think many of us share this experience where dad didn't have the capacity to say, I'm sorry. I, I love my dad and, and I have a great relationship with him. But I wish for him and his sake that he could have had that capacity. And, uh, and so I think, just trying to be honest, tra transparent here this morning, um, I'm, I'm every bit as fallible, I think, as anybody. But there's work to do, and guess what? Um, we're on our way. We're headed in a direction where we're, we're intending to become more and more like Christ all the time. Verse 3 points us to unity. Unity comes through efforts toward peace. Peace is often not attained through a simple laying down of one's own will. It can, and it does. But I think very often peace comes uh, when we, we, are, uh, we as organizations of people, when we come across areas where we don't see eye to eye, it, it may involve forms of resolution or working things out. Peace almost always requires effort. Make every effort to keep the unity of the Spirit through the bond of peace. If we look at verses 4 to 6, uh, to further emphasize the need for a unity, um, Paul has a list of one six times. I think it's six times. So if we look at uh, verse 4, there's one body, one spirit, just as you were called to one hope when you were called, one Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father of all, who is over all and through all and in all. So again, this whole visual of, of a, sort of a single identity, a, a single unity, unified um, sort of definition or identity as a, as a group, as a, as a church. Why does New Life Christian Fellowship exist? And so sometimes it's really good exercise to, you know, on a leadership level to try to dream a little bit. Uh, so what's God's call for the church? What's our vision, mission, and um, you know, faith statements and all these different things that we put forward saying, this is who we are. And sometimes that changes with, uh, with different ministry opportunities, um, but it's really good to at least make that effort to try to define why we exist, why we're here. Obviously, it's to bring praise and honor to God, um, you know, and, and ultimately it is to grow. And most of our statements of faith, and you guys have that as well, uh, in, even in your bulletin, um, about this need um, to get closer to God, closer to each other, and go out and do something on his behalf. Um, what's reaching up, reaching over, reaching out, right? Uh, it's right in your bulletin. And, uh, and again, these are the things that we need to remind ourselves of. Why are we here? And so a couple of um, analogies uh, to, to, to try to better visualize what it is to be a team, to be a unit. Um, if we think of bees, um, I heard a great joke the other day and I, 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 I meant to remember it and I shouldn't have even said anything because I'm leaving you hanging. Um, oh, you know what it was? Was God actually intended 
wasps to make honey when he created the earth. Um, but then he went with plan B. <laughs> it's pretty good, right? <laughs> yes, I remembered it. <laughs> so think of a hive, uh, bees in a hive. A team always supersedes the individual. What is good for the team is always good for the individual, whether the team member recognizes it or not. Um, the hive, let me finish that thought here. The hive operates from a single mission and message and stays on course, or serious consequences ensue, right? So if you think about um, the way uh, a hive works, everybody's busy inside, and uh, in you have the worker bees and you have the queen who I guess dictates, I'm not sure what she dictates in the hive, but everybody's busy doing their job, their tasks, right? They have their identity establishes what their task is, and they get busy doing it. Teamwork in an organization is like performing a piece of music. Each individual works as the member of a world-class orchestra, every note perfectly timed in synchronized harmony. And for those that have trained ears, um, you know, it's, it's quite obvious when somebody is off, either timing-wise or, or hits the wrong note somewhere. Um, it stands out. But ultimately, the end result of that unified effort is beautiful music um, coming together. How many of you have played a sport? What do you play? Do you play baseball? Yeah? What other sports are out there? Soccer. Golf. Say it again, sorry. Cost? Country. Oh, Running. Oof. Yeah, I'm not built for that. Running is good. Um, sometimes I just wonder um, what the emergency is. <laughs> yeah, no, God has made each of us unique that way, um, our, our bodies and structures for different things. However, each of us are called to use that, right? How God has built us, how God has has uh, wired us, even temperament-wise, character-wise, each of us are called to make ourselves available with what he's given, because again, that collective of everybody's gifts coming together ultimately is beautiful music to God. Um, and, and we do well to, to, to serve together. So do you have a gift or a talent? Obviously, cross-country is one of those, or a skill that you've discovered that you've been given. Is it, maybe, is it okay if we just explore that this morning? Is anybody brave enough to share that? So I will say this, I am extroverted. I have no issues, for the most part, approaching people, some of them complete strangers, and striking up a conversation. That is, um, that's amazing, I think, right? Not just so I'm patting myself on the back, but... Um, that God gives those kinds of gifts to some so that we are out there spreading the good news or connecting and, and giving a reason for people to have hope. Um, my wife Lena and I go for a walk along the sixth concession often and she's made it a, a habit now when people uh, approach in the vehicle to wave, to smile and wave. It's a little, little gesture, but it's amazing. 
And I think sometimes you have that capacity to maybe even change the course of somebody's life, ah, somebody's day, maybe their life, who knows? Um, but little things like that. What's your gift, anybody? What has God given you as a talent? Hospitality. Hospitality. I'm so glad for that because I like to eat. <laughs> How about somebody else? You like playing hockey. That's awesome. And to think that some, somebody purposefully puts ice down and then wants to play on it. How dangerous is that? But it's that, that component of a danger sometimes that makes it even that much more fun, right? Anybody else? What do you enjoy? What, what's a gift? Sewing? Listening. Listening is a, that's a, sewing is great. <laughs> I don't want to miss that one. <laughs> Moving the earth. Okay. <laughs> okay. Yeah. That's awesome. I was going to make a joke, but I won't. <laughs> Sorry? Serving is a gift, yeah. I'm not sure if you're seeing what I'm doing here. <laughs> you guys are pretty well represented, I think, as a church to do God's work. We're going to get back into Ephesians chapter 4. I want to reread uh, the verses Jimmy read. After this little discussion piece, Maybe we'll, we'll hear this passage a little bit different. So Christ himself gave the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the pastors and teachers to equip his people for works of service so that the body of Christ may be built up until we all reach unity in the faith and in the knowledge of the Son of God and become mature, attaining to the whole measure of the fullness of Christ. Then we will no longer be infants tossed back and forth by the waves and blown here and there by every wind of teaching and by the cunning and craftiness of people in their deceitful scheming. Instead, speaking the truth in love, we will grow and become in every respect the mature body of him who is the head, that is Christ. From him the whole body, joined and held together by every supporting ligament, grows and builds itself up in love as each part does its work. So you've got a representation of different gifts and abilities at New Life Christian Fellowship. And when, and when we're working together and, and we're making music uh, that blesses God's heart by working together, um, ultimately, in the end, the, the expected outcome is maturity. And, uh, and so it's something I'm looking forward to um, becoming mature. I don't know about you, but uh, there's work to be done. But I want to, uh, I want to be, that's allergies, ladies and gentlemen. I thought I would be done with that by now. Um, but I want to encourage you as a church, um, as of actually this morning, uh, uh, Meadowbrook, uh, Pastor Chris um, last Sunday announced uh, to, the, to us as a board that he was uh, planning to, to step aside as well. <sighs> now what? 
We were just building momentum. This can't be of God. You know, these, these are the kinds of thoughts that then start to go through your mind. And, uh, and what does that mean? You know, uh, for, and so here's the reality. Um, the Sunday morning experience is not the church. Not entirely. And, and so one of the things that, I, that I've often taught is the fact that our faith cannot be a Sunday morning experience. It has to translate into the Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday. Otherwise, faith without works is, James tells us, it's dead. And so I've had a lot of years now outside of the pulpit to try to put that into practice. And, uh, and so Meadowbrook uh, will at some point begin that pastor search process as well very soon. And uh, again, I don't know what that means for me. Um, I've got my sleeves rolled up, metaphorically and physically. I'm willing. How about you? I'm not asking you to come to Meadowbrook. <laughs> but it's just interesting that we're both in very similar shoes at this point, both churches. Uh, Chris will be there, I believe, till the end of July. Um, and, and it breaks my heart. I've gotten to know him uh, well over the last uh, last while and especially through the thick of what we went through with the pandemic and stuff I mean I don't know that I've seen anybody operate uh, in a better manner um, he's stuck through some of the really hard times and uh, and so we're thankful uh, as much as we're heartbroken um, thankful and hopeful because he set the church up to do well um, and this momentum that we feel uh, is at the church uh, is, is specifically because of the, partly because of the work that he's put in. Um, and so, uh, so yeah, it's, it's quite a unique, uh, you know, spot to be in. And, and here's the thing, a lot of our churches are in that position where they're looking. Um, and so, I guess my, my thrust, my comment here is um, God has not simply given gifts to just the church leadership. That's not what we find. That's not what we read. Um, the church leadership ultimately does have responsibilities, but those are to equip who? The saints for ministry. Um, so you and I, apart from our titles in the church, we've got work to do. God is calling us to be ready to be used uh, and to be useful for kingdom purposes. And and so much of who the church is, is outside of this building. Um, God, it's not like God only shows up here, but he's showing up at work. He's showing up uh, at your coffees or in your family settings. Um, and ultimately, he's asking us to participate with him in building his kingdom. And these different challenges that we have with church leadership at our churches, it, it's there. It comes and goes. In the meantime... Those of us that are following after him, we recognize that he's called us, he's given us abilities and gifts, and we need to get busy. And, it, and this is not you know, me trying to hammer you or guilt you into uh, you know, signing up, right, if, if you're not. Um, but the reality is, is um, out of that joy of realizing who God is and who we are as a result of being saved, my response of thankfulness is, I'm willing and I'm ready to serve. And, uh, and I trust that you're going to be able to decipher 
and uh, decipher that what that is, what God is calling you, how he's asking you to serve. So, sports. Team environments. Who calls the shots? Okay, hockey. Who's, who makes up the plays? Who's, who decides who's on the ice? The coach. The coach is important. Does the coach also score all the goals? No. Is he lazy? Why doesn't he score goals? He's retired. Is that what you said? <laughs> Sometimes I do that on my car. I retire it. Sorry. Couldn't help myself. Coaches typically don't put the skates on and, and, and are on the ice, at least not in the game. Often when, they're, when, they're, when you're practicing, the coach is on the ice and teaching the skills, right? So again, that's, that's just another analogy of understanding we have our part to play. And, and God is asking us to be faithful with that, um, you know, to, to listen to those that are, uh, have been put in charge and, uh, and then to flesh out what our part is. So breaking away from the sports analogy, um, every human institution has a necessary order. Um, let's take marriage, for instance. Every family, or every marriage, I guess, we start first as a marriage and then we become a family. Um, we get married and then we have the task of figuring out how to structure what we're going to do as a family. And... Uh, so it's, it's a shared responsibility, but often somebody is better at the finances, right? Well, I'm, I'm an impulse spender. Should I be in charge of the finances? Mm, probably not. Um, I see some smiles. <laughs> you recognize who you are, right? Um, and very often we adopt what we learned growing up, uh, you know, as far as if we're in a fairly traditional family, um, dad or the husband goes out and makes the living. Mom stays at home, tends uh, to the home. Um, that's, that's great. Um, but again, there's room within that structure to decide and decipher who is doing what. But again, all these analogies are, are just a reminder that in every human institution, including the church, there is a need for structure and, uh, and order. It's really difficult, you know, to get stuff done. And so again, this is even, even apart from not having a lead pastor in, in place, typically there's somebody you look to who's in charge. And whether they have a title or not is perhaps even not even necessary. But there's gifts and abilities that rise to the surface, and it's a necessary part. So taking into account how God has wired and gifted each of us, um, we come up with structures in a family. So just like in the church, it requires effort to find out how God has wired each individual, and this often determines who takes on what roles in a family. So how about we dive a little more into the family structure? Things like, yeah, like, as I said, who's better with money? If one person uh, is that impulse shopper, it's probably not wise for them to be, uh, to be in charge of the finances. Um, it's, it's good to be honest. It's a profound statement, right? But I think you have to be honest 
with who you are in order to be able to structure that, that well. Um, and here's the thing, sometimes, even if I don't like doing something or I don't feel necessarily gifted to do it, it needs to get done. Like taking out the garbage. <laughs> Not sure that that gift is listed in the scriptures. Um, but it needs to be done. And so sometimes there are those kinds of tasks as well, even within a, the church life, where somebody needs, needs to be willing to do some things. And, and so this honesty, and, and again, when, when I think back to our, our reading here, um, verse 2 in Ephesians 4, or sorry, yeah, Ephesians 4, be completely humble and gentle, be patient, bearing with one another in love. I think that whole humility and honesty are, are very much the same sort of character quality. Um, we have to be transparent with who we are and who we're not, uh, but then also being willing to move beyond that and to do some things that we simply don't enjoy but need to be done. Our attitude and outlook play a big part of fleshing out God's call in our lives and in the life of the church. Do you believe that God has distributed gifts within each body of believers? I'm assuming you do, especially after this message, right? Each of us have been given something from God that he is asking us to, to use to build the kingdom, right? You know, and, and we, might, we might, let's not undervalue anything, right, that we can do on God's behalf. Like I say, sometimes it's, it's a smile and a wave. You know, sometimes it's a coming alongside somebody you know um, or hosting somebody because you know they're going through hard times. So many things that can be used, but it takes effort. It takes being intentional um, so that God can speak and breathe into that and bless others. Do you have a gift, a talent, or a skill that you've discovered that you've been given? Um, let's take and run with that. Um, God is not forcing us to. It's, it's not that we have to. We get to. God has given me gifts. And I've grown to love words uh, and am fascinated by the power of a word to change a person. Again, if I, if I go back, what's weird about uh, what I've discovered about my gifts and abilities is that it seems to be easier to exercise them within the church versus in the home. And so I, I'd like to sort of just leave that there um, for you to, uh, to consider. What does that look like uh, in your home? Um, and I'll maybe pick on the guys in particular just because I'm a guy. And I know that that's something that I need to work on to remind my kids... Uh, you know, that I love them um, and, and that I'm proud of them. Um, I just think of the, the impact that that has uh, and the demonstration. God demonstrated that, us, that for us even in his son Jesus. Jesus being God needed to hear from his father, this is my son in whom I'm well pleased. And, uh, and sometimes it's hard, especially when we're not behaving the way that we're hoping each other will behave. It's hard to push past some of that and, uh, and still give that commendation and that recognition, that affirmation. Our ultimate affirmation needs to come from our Heavenly Father, uh, but, but we need the affirmation of those around us as well. 
And this is where we get trapped also on social media, where we're, you know, how much stock are we putting into people's comments about something we've posted? Um, I've, for the most part, completely avoided the whole social media platform thing. I don't know that I'll be able to do that entirely going forward, but um, it's, Pastor Chris years ago mentioned that the internet is built for speed, not integrity. And, and that stuck with me. Like, it's so important to be careful uh, with what we're doing online. And, uh, and yeah, I don't see that as a gift represented in the scriptures, right? Um, um, prowess, prowess in my, my social media, my Instagram. I'm getting off track. We have a great deal to be hopeful about because of who God says we are. We are his loved children of God, right? His, his children, sorry, I should have turned off my ringer. When it's your daughter calling, then you're not sure. Should you take it? <laughs> it's a great way, to, great place to, to close the, the message then. And so, um, with all that said, um, I trust you're encouraged this morning, knowing that you have a loving Heavenly Father who's caring for you, that even when things aren't going well around you, that you have this identity, if you've done that, if you've come forward and you've given your life, uh, you've asked Jesus to forgive you, you've, you're, you're working on that relationship, what that means um, because of that forgiven status. And sometimes I think we make that assumption in our churches that we, we have that clear, uh, that we're all born-again believers. But I think it's good to stop and, and think about that, not to create guilt. If you've done that, then let's celebrate that. But if you haven't, there's this opportunity, there's this window that's open. And, uh, and God is inviting us. And so as you think about who New Life Christian Fellowship is and your part in it, I trust you're encouraged. God has given the gifts as he's seen fit. And when we work together, it's beautiful. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, thank you for investing, us, investing in us and giving your gifts as you've seen fit. Our identity in you uh, as born-again children of God, most beloved. And God, you're also holy. And so you deserve our, our respect and admiration for what you've done. My prayer this morning, God, is for New Life Christian Fellowship. And as they search for that person to be at the helm, um, uh, to lead, to serve in that leadership, God, would you, would you do that? Would you tap the right shoulder, the heart of that individual that should come? And uh, would you lead and guide those that are in leadership and to help them do their part really well so that you can have all the, the, the honor and the glory for what is to come. In Jesus' name, amen.